the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. following program does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff, management, or ownership of this station. The following program is sponsored by Max Out Savings Advisors. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we're talking savings, investments, and your retirement is always here on the show. Our, our show is all about savings and investing for retirement and building up wealth. Our motto and philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long run. To save aggressively and invest conservatively. The, we've been on for, uh, the air for over 10 years and during that time, uh, we've helped thousands of people. We have thousands of people on our, our, our free Max Out Savings Report, which we write a lot about this, this type of, of, of thing. And, uh, and so you really want to kind of start out with that and, and kind of go from there. It's the beginning of the year. Now's the time to build up that wealth. And so what you can do is is you can go to your HR person, start a savings program, increase your savings, Start the four, uh, sign up for the 401k plan. And look, and if you're only saving 2 or 3%, bump it up to 3 or 4%. I'm looking here at a, at a, uh, a, stu- uh, a study. 40% of the people out there could not pay $1,000 in expenses. This is a big survey done. And they found that 40% of the people out there did not have $1,000 put away for a car expense, uh, a medical emergency or whatever. This is just remarkable. And it, it, it's, it, I mean, I think we've made a lot of progress. When we started this show, it was, we were looking at basically less than, uh, less than, uh, I, you know, the savings rate was under 1%. It was really astonishing. And, and, and so we, so we've been talking about it and, and I think people are starting to get it and, and that's helping out a tremendous amount, uh, now, and people are starting to put away more money. I, I'm seeing some recent savings rates of 6% or more. Uh, some Japanese, uh, some Asian countries save a lot more than that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's just important to build up wealth this way. And, and so you've got to start somewhere. It's the start of the new year, and we really want to hit hard on savings for people to, to you know, to kind of start boost their savings rate up and save for retirement and uh, save for a rainy day. It, it's just it, it's what needs to be done. Uh, we got a lot coming up on the show this uh, today. Uh, a couple things. Hopefully, we're going to have a guest. Uh, I think we're going to have Hayes Carl call in, in, in uh, which I'm pretty excited about. We'll see if he can make it. And uh, we also are, are going to be discussing what's going on with the markets. Uh, started the new year. The market started out pretty well. I think some big uh, game changes are out there. We're going to be discussing that. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at, at some of the. Some of the different uh, things with what we think are going to change and, 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 and make uh, and change up for the new year. And what we're looking at is is a couple things. Uh, we're going to be discussing this, the Wuhan virus. Look, what is that? I mean, I, I've seen a couple things. We, I talked to a number of, 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 of different uh, analysts and they, I, I was surprised how most people thought it was a, a non-event. And uh, I, I think we've got a different take on that. So I think that's going to be very important to listen to later in the show. Uh, also, we got the election coming up here, and uh, I, I, the presidential election. You know, people forget it. it's basically what is that? Uh, Eleven, ten months now, almost ten months, and we're going to elect the new president. And I don't, I don't think that's in, on anyone's radar. And it's interesting uh, if you look at like a volatility curve, the S and P five hundred, it really starts going up 
it jumping right right around uh, March 1st, which is right when we start the uh, Democratic uh, primaries. And, and so uh, I think I think that is going to be one of the big drivers is what's going to happen with the election, who's going to win the election, those type of things. And uh, if you the that I, I think is going to be one of the big things out there and uh, going forward, the. Uh, you know, this this is something we're going to have to watch. It's going to be back and forth. Right now, everybody's pretty convinced Trump is going to sit there and, and basically is a hundred percent chance to win. I think he's going to win, but I, I look. I, I think it's going to be a tougher election than people than than the consensus. I think the consensus is lulled in and into thinking that the Democrats don't have a chance. And and I, I do think they're going to. It, it's been pretty remarkable how bad they've looked in. And I think probably they might actually get some people wake up and, and, and they're going to sit there and try to get improve their side. And uh, but I still think Donald Trump's going to win. But it's going to be it's going to be a battle. And this is going to be one of the things we're going to be watching and talking about on the show. Is it a moderate Democrat? Is it is it more of a socialist? We we don't know. And I, and I think that's going to have a big effect on on where uh, where markets go from here. Uh a couple. Uh, one of the things we had Davos this week, and uh, a lot of lot of stuff going back and forth on that, and you saw, saw a lot of picture of of the elite class at Davos, you know, flying in on their airplanes to lecture the rest of us about environmental, you know, saving the world and being being environmentally conscious. It's just really remarkable uh, the hypocrisy that goes on there. But uh, a, a couple things came out of the the conference uh, that that were pretty interesting. Uh, the, 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 there, there was really two schools of thought. There's the, a couple of things that have come out overall. I, I think there's an that the, the, they're pretty complacent. There's no problems out there. Things are going to be going well in the markets and everything. Very a lot of complacency. Uh, there was two schools of thought. One of them was led by uh, what's his name, Mike Prince, I think, at Bridgewater. That hey, look, going forward, it's going to be there's not we're ending the boom and bust cycle that's gone on for 5000 years in the economy and I, I think he's kind of buying into the more centrally planned economies put together by central banks around the world and then there's the other side which was uh, Menard over at uh, Guggenheim which basically said you know hey look we got a real problem with corporate debt and and we think there's there's you know there could be some problems out there and some other people out there voice that opinion too a lot of concern on corporate debt a lot of concern that really the central banks are kind of at the end of the road. They've taken interest rates to record low rates. They're negative, which up until probably five years ago, I don't think anybody, any economist, I think 10 years ago, I think you can say, I don't think any economist ever dreamt that was possible. Uh, and, and, and so uh, the, the negative interest rates in Europe that they've been tried for the last couple of years have really led to to basically a uh, nowhere, I mean, no growth. And, and and they're trying to get them up, and it's interesting. The Fed kind of rejected that, uh, in the negative interest rates, which is a good thing here because it basically takes money away from savers and gives it to people that are, uh, you know, borrowing money. But corporations and people that are taking risks, they 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 get cheap cheap or free money or get paid to take money. And the people that that save their money and build up wealth and put it in the bank, they don't get paid, and retirees don't get paid, and and, and it's wrong. But but you know that's still out there. Ben Bernanke's sneaking up again, trying to influence the Fed bankers that maybe we do need the negative interest rates. But eventually, the negative interest rates will destroy the banking system. Uh, vaults are filling up with gold in Switzerland, are filling up with gold and dollars and in you know currencies, actual paper currency, because of the negative interest rates over there. People are just parking their money in dollars and euros and and and, and, and with a pile of cash and putting it in, at the bank since they're getting negative interest rates in some cases. So, so. So I, there's this real battle, but but the other side at Davos who's coming out and said, look, there's not much more they can do. They're kind of stuck, and now they're pushing for fiscal spending because it's, you know, the one thing we've done is we've kind of run some deficits here, but we've kind of generated the economy and jump-started the consumer in the country, which is about 65% of the economy, and, and so things are doing pretty well here in the United States. And and so um, we'll see what happens with it. Uh but uh, but but I do believe you're you're going to sit there. You're going to see uh, you're going to see a pretty good. You're going to see changes coming up here, and so we we got the Fed. The Fed is kind of at the end of the road. They've pushed the balance sheet back up, which has pushed the markets up. 
And so that's going to be one of the big themes for this year. I, I think this is probably the last time you know, the kind of the end of the road for the Fed. I, I think that the 2000, we write about this in the Max Out Savings Report, the decade of, of 2010 to 2020 was really the decade of the central banker where the central bankers around the world stepped up and said, look, uh, let us manage these economies around the world. We can do it. And you don't need to do anything. You don't need to, you know, spend money. You don't need to, uh, you know, come up with tax cuts. You don't need to deregulate or you, you know, just we can have a planned economy. And and I think it's really been a failure. If you look at the growth out of Europe, it's been zero. The last decade was the first decade in U.S. history where we never really had a growth over 10, 2% for the whole year, uh, you know, for four quarters, which is very, that's never happened in the history of the United States. So, so these central bankers have really failed. And I think the next decade is going to be a decade more of fiscal spending. I think it's going to be a decade possibly more inflationary. It, and, and so things are changing out there. So I, I think we're seeing this, this shift that we, we've, we've set, talked a lot about the shift. One of the themes last year was really the shift from the real, from the financial world where everything is based on stock prices and asset prices to, to things are based on, on, uh, on work, on growth, on investment. So a new plant, new equipment, uh, hiring, people getting raises, people getting new jobs, promotions. That is how you view your economy versus viewing asset prices. Where the, And the asset prices are more the Federal Reserve model of, look, you know, hey, we'll just make the asset prices go up and everything else will fall in. Uh, and, 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 and so, but now you're seeing a shift. And so you're seeing a shift to, to low unemployment, which is fantastic. You're seeing job growth. The, the, the last, uh, back in, I want to say November, December, they had a 4.5% job growth for the bottom 20, bottom quartile, which was phenomenal. And that was better than the top quartile or the next quartile or the, the, you know, the top three quartiles. Their raises were less than the bottom quartile, which is what you want to see happen because we've had a problem with with uh, income, uh, really uh, kind of a distribution of income. It's just kind of been skewed to the to the top quartile or top five percent or so. You're starting to see that change. That's a good thing. That's what you want to see happen. And that's what you get when you get a growing economy, which is exciting. So. So I think I think we're, we'll we'll see what's going to happen here uh, going forward. And but uh, but but I do think we're going to sit there and uh, and see and see some changes coming up. Now, tell you what, we're coming up here on a quick break. Uh, won't we? Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, this is a live show here in Houston, Texas. So if you got any questions or comments, you can call us up at seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. That's seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. Right here on the Max Out Saving Show. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. 
South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. Once again, here's your host for the Max Out Saving Show, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings investments in your retirement. A couple things. We were just talking about some of the things. We just released our Max Out Savings report here uh, about a week ago, uh, uh, kind of delaying uh, talking about what 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 to look for in the markets, uh, what what our outlook for 2020 is, uh, and kind of some of the changes. So one we, t- we talked about really – the last decade was really the central bank decade, where the central banks took over and said that they could manage the economies. They did a pretty crummy job of it, and we've had some of the lowest growth in the history of the United States for a decade. I think that this this one's going to be marked more by fiscal spending decade, uh, a lower dollar. I think the dollar's trended lower. Now. I think you're going to see a shift on that, and also it's going to be more inflationary, and so – I, th- I think you and by fiscal spending, you're going to see governments take over more of hey, let, what can we do to try to get the economy going, and, and I think you're going to see some more of that uh, in, in this decade versus in the last decade. Everyone just sat back and let the, the central banks d- get things going, and they gone. I mean, Europe has had a decade of no growth. We've had a decade of no growth, but th- th- it's just been a disaster for the Europeans, and and so I think so. Things are changing dramatically. But one other thing, we're, we're seeing some other changes out there, and we're, and we're right we're right about this in the Max Out Savings Report. So if you want a free copy of it, actually just the subscription's free, just go to the website, maxoutsavings.com, and, uh, and so you can sign up for the free Max Out Savings Report. Uh, we write about some of the trends we're looking for. Uh, we talk a little bit about fixed income. I think, again, high quality for fixed income. Uh, it's really interesting. I, you know, the, I was listening to someone talk on Bloomberg and they go, well, are these corporate executives watching the debt? And the answer is yes. Well, of course they're, they're all keeping, they're looking at their, at their cash flow and their free cash flow. And they're, they're, they're keeping the debt within the free cash flow. There's only a few companies doing that. Well, if you look at the number, corporate debt is at record high levels. If you, if, if you measure it based on uh, on, on different metrics of leverage and stuff, in some cases it's, it's the highest it's ever been. I mean, corporate debt. If, if you talk to the IMF, if the if Bank of International Settlements, which is the big, uh, kind of the big, it's like the bankers' bank uh, it, world organization. If you listen to the Fed, all of them are like, yeah, the consumer's in pretty good shape, the U.S. government's in good shape, but corporate America, we're worried about the debt, and they're taking all this debt, massive amounts of debt, and buying back stock. So the guy goes. So the guy at Bloomberg goes, well, look, they're keeping it within their cash flow. Well, yeah, when things are good, they're keeping it. What happens when the economy goes into recession and their free cash flow vanishes and their their cash flow plunges and they can't pay for the debt? I've seen some studies that... That that you know, in some cases, thirty percent of the of the corporate debt out there could be that's investment grade could be rated non investment grade if you simply looked at it as leverage. And there's a lot of pressure, uh, not a lot of pressure, but there's a lot of talk that 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 a lot of these rating rating agencies are buying lines from companies that yeah, we're going to pay the debt down, we're going to sell something, and they're not really rating them where they should be. So I think one of the things for the next couple of years is going to be look, I think there's going to be some problems in the corporate debt markets. You want to be cautious. You want to be very high quality uh, assets, government bonds, short term bonds, uh, those type of things over the near term because you're, you, you've got less risk. And we write about that in the Max Out Savings Report. Now, things are looking pretty good here. Uh, S&P 500 is down about 1% for the week. You know, it's had a pretty good year. It's up year to date. I mean, things are looking good. But. There's clouds on the horizon in, in, in some big ones. Look, we we've tried to take a look at the at the at the Wuhan the the coronavirus. Look, we try to analyze it. What what's the situation with that? And I've talked to some people. I talked to some analysts, and everybody seems very sanguine about it. The ones I talk to, at least, like it's nothing. And they're all looking. There there's some there's some. Uh, I've I've seen some things of performances based on different. Environment uh, viruses for one month, uh, one month, three month, and six month, and you know HIV, uh, 
really SARS it actually went up the Asian flu went up over over the well, over a three month time frame dinghy fever same thing MERS no change uh, really the only one that went down was was kind of the Ebola and if you remember the Ebola kind of came into the United States and people got a little panic and so if you look at the average after all of these looking at HIV bubonic plague SARS avian flu dinghy swine flu uh, Ebola, Zika, Ebola, measles. Yeah, average for the f- one month was 0.44 percent, and the and markets were actually up three percent for the next three months. So, hey, it's nothing to worry about, right? Well, not exactly. We we try to look at some numbers on this. There's something called the the R not, which is how much this thing spreads. I mean, how how much you know how spreadable is it? it to give an example. If it's it, some things are very hard to spread, like the flu, the higher the number, the more it spreads. The, 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 the flu is about 0.9 to 2.1. Typically, SARS was was basically two to five basing different types of things. The Spanish flu was 2.8, what, 1.4 to 2.8. So about 2.5 And in the the World Health Organization says that to give an example some some more severe ones or something like the measles or something that might be 8 or 10 where you know the you get every all the kids get it in school immediately and but but it this but the coronavirus they're thinking about 1.4 to 2.5 so slightly above the flu said the world health organization who but they said the the external human to human transmission is unclear so they're not really sure and and uh, Jonathan Reed, a UK expert on transmission, thinks it's closer to three, three point six to four, which puts it up in the SARS area. Now, this makes it much more. This makes it much more spreadable. I I, I buy Jonathan Reed's number of three point six to four. I'm not an expert in this area, but I'm kind of looking at this. I'm going, hmm. They, you know, it, the the doctors in the hospitals are getting it. They're all geared up, and they're still getting it. Uh, it seems to be spreading all over the place, and so I, I don't buy that it's not that, not that uh, contagious. Uh, and, and so I, I think it is. And the other thing is, look how severe it doesn't look like. I, I want to say SARS. You know, they, they, it was well over ten, twenty percent of some of the people died in some of these things. This thing seems lower, maybe two or three percent. It's hard to tell. We're not really getting good information. But it's kind of disconcerting when you're looking at videos of hospitals and there's bodies lying in, in the corridors. I mean, it, it it sort of tells you they're not probably the only bodies if if you know if they're in the corridor at the hospital in, in and typically they have a place to put them in. And so you know that's worrisome. One of the more again, the, the WHO says 25 percent of the cases could be severe. Now this is a problem. Now the question is, what do they define as severe? But if you got to be in the hospital for three or four days, and 25 percent of the people, you're going to fill your hospitals up. If you look at Wuhan, you know it, it, it's kind of you know I, I went and did some work today, so I did. I I, I I came up with some numbers and I looked, and it was like. Uh, you know, 35 million people were in, in a number of cities, and then it went up to 46 million, and now I'm seeing 50 million people are quarantined. There's three cities in China bigger than the, than the city of Houston, Texas, that they've shut off rail traffic, uh, air traffic, and, and the roads out of the city, which means the, it's effectively quarantined unless you have a really good excuse to get out. And, and th- th- that that tells me so i'm hearing one thing that this is no big deal don't worry about it and i'm looking i'm like wait a minute you got 50 million people under quarantine you 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 have you, i mean you you have the doc the the hospitals overwhelmed you have china literally trying to build a thousand bed hospital within one week think about that within one week and they i think they had like a hundred machines out there working graders trucks bulldozers trying they they mean business and it's like well this doesn't sound like nothing if you got more people than the state of california under quarantine and you're rapidly trying to build hospitals in one week and your doctors are overwhelmed and have to bring the army in this sounds like it's a, a pretty severe problem and so this is something we're looking at if you look at it, it takes 10 days time for this thing to pop up uh, or, or really for for the for the uh, in some cases five to ten days so so there's kind of a lag. Looking back on it, it looks like this thing started in in mid in mid December. But the question is where can it go? And I've seen a number of things that 
that really kind of concern me to some extent. I've seen there's there's some studies out there. One expert predicted that that with the in ten days time you could have a quarter of a million people infected. Now, if the WHO said twenty five percent of of quarter of a million, what's that sixty something thousand people? Uh, that that are uh, severely affected. That is a big problem, and they're claiming that there's a thousand people now that are infected and forty have died. And, and you're kind of like, well, wait a minute. So I looked at the video, and, and I looked at this one video. They're walking down the hall. I counted like 50 to 60, but then they flashed a room full of people. So it's probably 75 people in one little video clip of a hospital. So there's clearly a lot more than 1,000 people. But but this 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 prediction is 250,000. And if you look at some of the other predictions out there, they're somewhat frightening. So you hope they're going to get this under control. I've seen two different studies, one of them by the Gates Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is probably the top health foundation and actually organization in the world. People don't realize what they do. And they're saying up to 65 million people. They did a study three months ago. They did a simulation in in, in South America of a Brazilian uh, swine flu and, and 65 million people caught it within, I think, six months or something like that uh, in, 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 no, it, it actually, uh, I think it, yeah, 65 million people. I looked at another one that, that, that's another thing, and basically it went from one month to six months for 30, 34 million. In, in the first first month, uh, it jumped from like, you know, 1,200 up to 28,000. The next month it went to 200,000. These things go up exponentially. So we're not sure which way this is going to go. Uh a couple things I th- I think you've you've got to sit there and look at on this. Now, having said all that, the 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 mirrors and the uh, the SARS and the different ones like that, they were able to get it under control. So you know, same with Ebola. Ebola was you know ten times worse, and they were able to get it under control. So the question is, can they get this under control? Where I'm having my doubts is why are there fifty million people quarantined? I mean, you got to be pretty spooked. For something like that to happen, I mean, think about that. You roll up in Houston, Texas, go up I forty five, and it's shut down at Conroe, and it's like, hey, turn back. And uh, and, and so, I you know, I have some concerns there. I think what they're trying to do in the United States and elsewhere is buy enough time so they can get a vaccine, get the hospitals, and get everything ready, and then get everybody prepped so that so that in the United States. A friend of mine was telling me that they they went to uh, Japan, and one of the things people were amazed at, when people get sick in Japan and China and Asia, oftentimes they put on a mask immediately because they don't want anyone else to get sick. We don't quite have that type of—I mean, it's amazing for the unhygienic life those people leave over there, live over there. If they get sick, they put a mask on and, 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 they, and they protect themselves. We don't really do that here, and so I think you're going to see some of that type of stuff happen. Uh, I think they're going to get it under control, but I think there's going to be some real worry overall. And that's what I, I think that you got to watch the retailers, food restaurants, uh, the uh, particularly the global ones, uh, flight, uh, Disney. And if you look, look what's happening, uh, Disneyland in, in Shanghai is shut down. The McDonald's are shut down in, in China. Uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, Hong Kong has closed their schools for the next two weeks. So I think this is going to be disruptive. Now, I look, so what about the market, Ted? I, and, I, and I do think you need to be a little cautious. I mean, it could be nothing, but you just want to keep your eyes open on this. Uh, well, market's off about 1%. You're like, hey, Ted, nothing to see here. I mean, and the amazing thing is it, it really has really run up into year in, at the year end, so a year to date, so it's up real nicely. It's gone almost straight up and down one percent. Nothing to see here. I don't buy it, and tell you what, if you look at a couple things here, the um, if you look at the price of 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 West Texas crude, it's down seven and a half percent. If you look at Brent crude, it's down six and a half six point four percent for the week. So oil prices are dropping. The thinking being is, well, if no one can go anywhere in China, keep in mind, the Chinese are going, look, we don't want anyone traveling for the Chinese New Year. This is coming at the worst possible time because Chinese New Year is kind of like a combination of Christmas and New Year's 
for the Chinese people. They all go back to where they, they, they grew up and they have huge dinner parties and, and family gets together. Family's real important in China. So it's going to slow down uh, travel in China, which is going to cause a drop in oil prices. So the oil market's going, whoa, there's something going on here because it's down 6.4%. It's a pretty big drop in a week. You look at copper. Copper's down 4.6%. I mean, uh, excuse me, five point, uh, almost 5.7% uh, in a week. Again, that's a big drop. Some of these are the biggest drops in, you know, six, eight months, some of them in two or three years. So copper's a big indicator of, of, of an economic strength. So clearly somebody in China's a big user of copper. So clearly you're seeing big drops in commodities for people that have to buy these things. They're like, whoa, what's going on? So we're seeing... We're seeing two things. The stock market's telling you there's nothing to see here. The commodities market's saying, yeah, there is something to see here. Uh, uh, precious metals, gold, the one thing that's going up is gold. Gold's up about three-quarters of a percent, which which we like in here. I think it's going to continue to do well. So bottom line, I, I think the market is, I think is misjudging this. I think it's more serious than, than it's going to be. It's not a matter it's going to spread over here and just kill millions of people. It's more of a matter if it starts coming over here and people panic and people... Keep in mind, 20, 10, even 10 years ago, but 20, we didn't have social media and the social media kind of feeds on itself. If one person says, oh my God, you know, I went out and did this and this, then they send it on Facebook and then all their friends start doing exactly the same thing. So, oh, I'm getting out of town because of this or, you know, or I'm not shopping anywhere. And they t- and then all their friends suddenly decide not to shop. And so I think social media hasn't really, we've not really dealt with the situation like this in social media. So if it comes into the United States, it's going to slow down the U.S. consumer. The U.S. consumer is 65% of the globe of the United States economy. And so this is going to put pressure uh, on, on the economy. It's going to put pressure on earnings. we got earnings come, big earnings week next week, the week after it's coming in. What are the, what, if you're a global CEO, what are you going to say? Boom. Hey, wow. Earnings are good. Well, we were we were expecting we I know where expectations were 25 cents a share. We did 27 cents a share. Wow. Fantastic. Things are looking really good. We're really excited. We did really well. What's the outlook? Our outlook, I think things are still going to be doing really well for the next quarter. So I, I think you, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fantastic. So the analyst, so we can we raise numbers? Well, you know, we're not sure what's going on with the coronavirus. You know, I t- I, we'd be a little cautious, so we're being a little cautious. So these guys are going to have to pull back their earnings numbers because no one's sure what this is going to do. So I think you're going to have a lot of things feeding yourself. You've got a market that's very high. It's extremely expensive. We write about it in our Max Out Saving Port. We showed you a chart. The market's at record high based on uh, on looking at the uh, looking at price to cash flow, uh, price to uh, uh, price to EBITDA, though price to sales, those type of things. It's up at 1999 levels. It's very high. It's a very expensive market. So it hasn't had a correction, a material correction, since probably September when the Fed started flooding the this the uh, economic system with money. You know, I I think we we put a hedge on Friday. It's like we just couldn't. We just we looked at these what's coming out on the on the coronavirus and looked at the markets and looked at the valuations. And and I think you just have to be cautious. So it's kind of a long-winded answer on that question, uh, not question, but but this is how we read it. I, I think we'll, we're, we will take care of the coronavirus. I think I think it's going to be a little rough rougher road than people realize. I I don't like what I'm seeing in China. They're saying they got it under control, but they really it really seems to be kind of getting close to panic over there. And if it comes here, we're going to have a problem. And so this is something we need to watch closely. But it, it's kind of like. The, George Soros's theory of reflexivity on investing, he's sort of like, look, if you really think something's a really good investment and you, you lay out your parameters and you come up with it, but if the, if and then you go to invest, if the price is way up there and way high and it's already priced in what you expect to happen, don't make the investment. But if if you're looking at something and it's not priced in at all, that's when you can really make big changes and big do things. And I think it's kind of like, I don't think 
Wall Street really understands what could happen here. So I think we would be a little cautious. Tell you what, if anyone's got any questions or comments, you can give us a call at 713-339-1070. And we'll see. We might get Hayes Carl in. We'll see if he he has a chance to call in. But uh, 713-339-1070 right here on the Max Out Savings Show. If you've got savings and investment questions, Ted Gioka has answers. Call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070. We'll be right back. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulic-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics. SCHydraulics.com. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Savings Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos the companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we are talking savings investments in your retirement. You can give us a call at 713-339-1070. That's 713-339-1070. We'll get your questions answered, as always. And uh, what else do we have here? Okay. The uh, covered that. We talked earlier about about the savings rate, in, in which is which is going up. Uh, it's interesting. The savings rate's actually gone up here recently as people are saving more money, as they're earning more money, which is really interesting. And 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 it's fascinating because you talk to the people at, at the Federal Reserve and some of these other places, they're like, "Well, consumers aren't really that bad." It, it's really it's really fascinating. The uh, the the problem this time in the economy, the or the you know the, the I don't want to say the bubble, but I think where the excesses are is really in corporate America. Well, corporate America, I, I do think you're seeing some excesses in real estate, but there's just a shortage of, 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 of homes out there. We haven't built enough homes for people, and the young people are starting to build homes. And, and, and just so many people are in real estate. I think that's one. I, I, I think what the excesses really are in corporate America. I mean, it's been really disappointing to see how much debt corporate America has taken on and, and they've taken it out a lot of times to buy stock. And, you know, uh, I get the stock buyback pro. Uh, yeah, I remember years ago, I, I remember some of my mentors would go, oh, this company, you know, sometimes it was literally the company, this company has $10 cash in no debt and it's trading at 10 times earnings. They should buy back stock. And, and it's trading at, you know, it, it was just, and it was just amazing 
the uh, valuations out there or, or companies, you know, they had all these assets that these companies has this, they have all this real estate that it's on their books for nothing. And, you know, and, and we've gone from that to companies levering up their balance sheet, taking on massive amounts to debt, buying stock at 25, sometimes 30 times earnings at, at these companies. And, and you're kind of like, what is going on? And in some cases, they're not investing in plant and equipment. They're going, hey, if we cut back plant and equipment, our profits go up and we buy back the stock, we'll, we'll, we'll take the money, you know, we'll borrow money and buy back stock. You know, it, it, it almost becomes like a Ponzi scheme in a way. And, and really what we've been hoping we, we'd like to see is rather than companies spending their cash flow or borrowing money to buy back company stock, we'd like to see them invest in plant and equipment, put a new plant in the United States. Uh you know, uh, look at Elon Musk. He's put a plan in. He put a battery plan in, and then he put one in China. He's putting one in Germany, and, and then you see the other companies out there not putting plant equipment, cutting workers, and then buying back massive quantities of stuff. And we've seen a lot of people out there, Bed Bath and Beyond. The classic was Dell. Dell bought back massive amounts of stock at thirty, thirty-five dollars. Ran their debt up, buying tons of stock back, and then then they ran into some earnings shortfall. The stock plunges to ten dollars, and ultimately gets taken over at at like seventeen dollars by Michael Dell. He stole the company. It was just a joke, and and uh, there was lawsuits all over the place on it. It was so, the price was so ridiculously low, but it and uh, you know. That's what happens when it's good, and then what happens when it's good, you buy back all the stock, you take on the debt, and then when the economy slows down, you get a recession or there's a hiccup, all of a sudden, the company's levered up, they can't make their debt payments, the stocks plunge in price. It, it It's one thing if you put money in and invest in plant and equipment and spend it and take on a bunch of debt, it doesn't pay off. At least you got the plant and equipment. These people, all they've done is buy back stock, and so... And hopefully we're going to see some more of that. Uh, I, I, by the way, I think the stock buyback programs this week, which continued on, are one of the reasons the market held up as well as it is it has in face of the of the coronavirus. I, I don't think it holds up very well uh, at all, and uh, it, it be, because uh, I, 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 I like I said, I, I think they're going to look at this Monday. I mean, you already have President Xi. I was just looking at the. Uh, at the uh, Drudge Report here a second ago, and and, and it's like, uh, you know, just crying. I really, I want to see what people are saying, and and uh, I mean, I, I I don't think I don't think it's spread. I, I happened to catch the New York Times today. The New York Times has got you know wall to wall coverage on the impeachment trial all over the place, and then it looks like you know I just caught the website, but underneath near the bottom, President Xi said the situation is grave, and you know under kind of don't pay any attention to this. If you look at the European papers, particularly the UK papers, they're much more concerned about this. And now, you know, here's Drudge, UZ, uh, spread accelerating grave situation, 56 uh, million people quarantined, U.S. to evacuate citizens. That's just not good for the stock market at all. This market is very high. Make no mistake about it, the coronavirus could put an end to this bull market, period. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes out. And and for that to happen, that doesn't mean to need we don't need to see you know sixty five million people and millions dead for that to happen. We just need to see it come over here and start spreading around and and I, I think really spook uh, and really spook consumers because consumers have been have been driving the economy. People forget up until. Over, you know, people forget over the last decade because we've heard so much about globalization and this, that, and that. Before that, the decade before that, and, and way in the past, the United States was always the locomotive that pulled the rest of the world out of recession. It was always like, you know, it, and, and keep in mind the U.S. economy is 65%. So it's the U.S. consumer that typically has always pulled pulled the world out of recession. It's happening now. The, we, we've seen very high consumer numbers again and our country is is doing well things are, are are improving quite a bit here you know trump went over to davos and you know they're going on and on about eliminating oil and gas you know uh the banning meat and cows and everything else over there uh, you know uh and, and but the european economy is a joke it's doing so poorly here comes donald trump goes you guys are doing terribly over here uh, you, you know, they're prophets of doom. He said these people have been predicting, you know, uh, overpopulation, food shortages, and the end of oil for the last 50, 60 years. 
and 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 not that we have to do something about the environment and, and so I understand that but but he, he pointed out it goes look at our economy we we relied on we some fiscal spending we relied on uh, deregulation cut some taxes and the and and and, and the people in the country started getting excited. They got jobs. They got raises. And, and now we've got good growth here. The rest of the world doesn't have that type of growth. The big battle in Europe is they don't want to spend, do any fiscal spending at all. Germany has a surplus. Germany's economy is teetering on a recession, and they have a surplus. They have not spent any money. So now they're all talking about that. Instead, they've got negative interest rates, which is destroying their banking system. So we're doing well here we're doing much better than the rest of the world. It's an exciting place to be. Things are, are happening here. we got record low unemployment. The, the one thing you want to really kind of watch out for is really what's going to happen with the coronavirus. Tell you what, we're up. This is the last segment of the show. If you want to get in here, now's your chance. 713-339-1070 here at the Max Out Savings Show. That's 713-339-1070. Now the other thing I wanted to uh, touch base on is the precious metal sector. I think this is this is a sector that's going to do well here going forward. Again, what we're looking for over the next decade is more fiscal spending, more infrastructure spending, uh, a lower dollar. That's going to be very bullish for precious metals, uh, and so I, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see more of that elsewhere in the world. You're seeing the same thing. People are becoming more concerned about the central banks. They don't trust them. There really seems to be a movement to precious metals. It's one of the few hedges out there. I've listened to some of these shows, and and, and really they're like, well, look, you know, how do you avoid this? I think it was Muhammad Alaire, and he's, well, it's real hard. You've got to try to come up with some hedges. There's just not that many hedges out there. Precious metals is one of the few hedges. If you if you re- read some of the studies, the big money is going. The, these super wealthy people are buying big amounts of of, of precious metals. They're putting them in Swiss bank accounts and uh, Swiss bank and safety deposit boxes and places like that. And I, I think it's I think that's going to kind of feed itself. If you do the fiscal spending, which they want to do in in Europe, you're going to see more of it in the United States because the, the central banks are kind of at the uh, driven themselves into a box canyon with record low rates. Uh, and so the next time there's a recession, the average drop in interest rates during a recession is about 4%, about 4 4.5%. Well, if, if if our short-term rates are at 1.5%, they got 1.5%. That's not much you can do. And so they don't have the bang for the buck they once had, so you're going to see more fiscal spending, which is going to be more inflationary. The other thing is, as we get closer to full employment, you're starting to see wage employment start to take off. You know, once you start limiting immigration a little bit, once you start forcing the factories to come back to the United States, maybe put some tariffs on, then you can afford to pay your people more. That's going to cause more wage inflation, which is a good thing. So I think precious metals is is going to do well. I, I think that's one of the things. Uh, one of the other sectors, you know, and we've talked about this on the show as well, is uh, what is agriculture. I think agriculture had a perfect storm this year of uh of uh of low prices uh you had un, uh you had problems with production uh, because of floods in in the in the midwest and droughts actually in texas i mean i saw some of the, the agricultural checks recently here and, and they're like you know what they're getting for prices and, and it's just shocking they're very low levels but but the chinese didn't weren't purchasing our products the dollar is very high, which puts pressure on agricultural products. And then we had uh, floods in the Midwest and droughts in Texas, and and so they couldn't get the, they couldn't get the crops planted, they couldn't get the crops harvested, uh, and and so it, it's been a big problem. Well, next year the weather's likely to be good, better. It typically changes over time, and so I think I I, I think you're going to see good crops in the United States. The Chinese are going to buy the easiest thing they can buy for their uh, for their uh, uh, the trade thing is the farm goods, and look, the Chinese have the swine flu. Uh, the, the 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 Chinese uh, the fe- swine flu over there or fever uh, that the African swine fever, and that that's killed up to half of their hogs. Now they have this coronavirus. They're going to have to buy massive amounts of agriculture. They want to get as much food into that country as as possible. And I think that's going to be very bullish for them. So that's another sector I think is going to do well. Um, so tell you what, coming up on the end of the show, a couple things. Again, we talked earlier about the coronavirus. 
some numbers we're seeing uh, worry us. Uh, this thing seems to have gotten out of control. It's not that it's the most deadly vi- uh, virus out there, but it seems the, the problem is is the the R naught, which is the spreadability, appears higher than anticipated, and it's spreading. And you could see millions of people on this, and so we're gonna have to watch and see how this affects things going forward. The stock market was down about one percent this week. Uh, but if you looked at copper and if you looked at, at oil, they're down five, six, seven percent. That that's a warning sign because that those are economic based. I would be very careful with this market here until we see where this is going to go. I think definitely it's a time for caution uh, in the air. Uh, we're going to write some about this in the Max Out Saving Report. I'm going to try to get a report out first part of next week. Uh, and as soon as possible on that to discuss it. And if you're not on the free Max Out Savings Report, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com. You can sign up for it. Hey, get some please call bumper music. And, and so uh, so just go to the website. In addition, you can, you can also uh, re- request an appointment with me, and I'll sit down with you and go over your financial situation, see how you're set for retirement. That's what we do at Max Out Savings Advisor. We value investors in the stock and bond market. So anyway, I hope everyone has a great weekend, and remember the motto and philosophy of the Max Out Savings Show. It's, it's to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. We'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070, The Answer.